Welcome to the Real Messy Podcast, where we have real messy conversations that occur in education. This is Shana Piggott from Grays Lake Central High School, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Rachel Lasinski. Hello. And Jennifer Nace. Hello. And our returning guest, Deanna Mazanik, Science and CTE Department Chair at Grays Lake Central. Hello. Over the last few podcasts, we have been tackling some larger topics related to real, so today we thought we'd change it up a little bit and talk about the importance of happiness and some strategies for finding it. Uh, the topic came up after a mom shared a TED Talk entitled The Happy Secret to Better Work by Sean Acker, and it just kind of got us thinking about, like, how do we, and we've talked about this in some other podcasts, how do we define success, and where do we find happiness in that, um, so, yeah, that's our topic. Yeah, I liked how in um, the TED Talk, I liked that he commented that we always equate happiness with success, but we need to flip the formula because once we achieve success or our definition of it, we just raise the bar for ourselves. And so it's like we're always chasing success, and so we never achieve happiness because we think it's related to success. But instead finding the happiness first and it's through that happiness that we will just always find success. I think that's interesting when you think about your students and like are they attributing that same philosophy to the work that they're doing? Are they finding happiness in school only when they are successful? And then what does that mean for those kids who struggle to find success in school? Does that, you know, and you you see the behaviors, you see the, the students who lose their interest and, you know, have a hard time being at school emotionally. And you can see the correlation between if they're associating happiness with success, but success is just out of reach sometimes, what does that mean for their happiness? It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, we've talked a lot in uh, past podcasts about engagement, too, mm-hmm. and, like, just really getting into what um, Chicks Mahalik called, like, that flow experience where you're really engaged with the activity to a point where like the rest of the world kind of falls away and you find this kind of like happiness in the work and like how do we provide opportunities or help our students figure out how to how to create that for themselves and giving them opportunities to experience that type of happiness mm-hmm. yeah and part of that too um speaking of flow we always think that relaxation will bring us happiness. So if we work really hard and we're in the flow for a long time, then we deserve these long periods of relaxation, vacations, hours on the couch, whatever it may be. And so we think that it's only when we're relaxing that we can find the happiness, but really it's in the flow. It's in the hard work. It's in the challenge, not necessarily mentally. I mean, it could be physically. I think about our students who are very athletic or very artistic or, you know, those outlets of flow, um, but that the happiness doesn't necessarily come with the sitting on the couch relaxing for long periods of time. In fact, it doesn't at all, based on his research. It reminds me of the uh, fish philosophy, which is from Pike's Place in Seattle. That's a place where they literally throw fish at the people standing. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of interesting to watch. But they had a philosophy for their workers and to try to help improve how things were going there. And and, um, it kind of is a good pattern for life. But, like, there are four pieces where you have to play, hence the throwing fish at people. You know, it's <laughs> got to be fun. Um, but to be present in whatever you're doing, oh, that you know, that was just focus on that and not be distracted by the six million other things that we have going on at any given time. 
um, to stop and make someone's day. So like, you know, when they're throwing fish at somebody, you know, that might actually make someone's day because <laughs> they're paying attention. But it might, you know, it might be mm -hmm. that just that little thing that you, you know, saying hello to somebody or, um, you know, a compliment in the hallway that's just small or seemingly small to you might be huge to the person on the other mm -hmm. side of it. And then I think one of the biggest ones is the choose your attitude. Like, we, you know, stuff is going to be thrown at us all the time. Mm -hmm. Maybe fish, maybe other things. <laughs> but... Um, it, it's one of those we can choose how we accept that, and that's going to make a big difference in our outlook and our engagement and all the, those other pieces that fit in. Well, mm -hmm. and that was in the podcast as, or in the TED Talk as well um, when they were, you know, kind of talking about do you view stress, and we're coming up on a really stressful time. Our students are as well. Like final exams are stressful for the students and the teachers. You've got the holidays. You've got family, like all these different things, like the weather um, can be a stressful thing. And so do you view that stress as negative or do you turn it into a challenge? Do you find a way to create for yourself an opportunity to learn and to have these flow experiences? And then a lot of it has to do with the attitude that you bring into that experience. And so, mm -hmm. you know, some suggestions for trying to, you know, get in the right mindset, you know, so they, they talked in the TED, in the TED talk about, you know, um, three positives, like, or journaling, like, you know, remember one awesome thing that happened in the last 24 hours so that you can, like, relive that experience. Or exercise, like, helping to remind your body or remind that your behaviors matter and then, like, get that, like, positive chemicals, like, going in your brain. Or, like, meditation, where you just take some time to focus on that, like, one thing and just be present with yourself for a little while or, you know, random acts of kindness, or they say conscious acts of kindness, and just how flipping that around and making that a habit can change your outlook on a lot of the other experiences that you have during the day. Mm -hmm. This, um, ironically, I just happened to yesterday pick up a book called The No Complaining Rule by John Gordon. I was needing a new book for my car, and so that was on the list. I started listening to it, and it aligns perfectly with what we've been talking about for the last day with all this happiness, positivity stuff. He talks about um, it's, it's business-related, so the idea is, like, how complaining at work and, like, people who are negative at work can bring down productivity in a business. But it's it's so much more than that, too. It talks about, you know, obviously, if you're going in with negative emotions, how it brings your work ethic down, how it brings everyone else's work ethic down. Um, it's just been super interesting. But I liked, he talked about ratio. This was a really interesting little part of it where he said, like, he compared, they, they did studies, and I guess there's a study that says, like, if you have one-to-one -one negative to positive, it's a bad outcome you're too you don't have enough positive to counteract the negative and things are just going to continue to be negative mm -hmm. but on the flip side if you have like 13 positive comments or interactions to one negative it's also not going to be beneficial for you and he talked about the balance and um, what I liked about that is again the same idea of like approaching things with a positive attitude he talks about kind of taking that negativity as a catalyst of making a positive change. Mm -hmm. So we need the balance of that. We need mostly positive. We still need, you know, he described it, I think, as like four to one, four positive interactions to one negative, but using that negative as a catalyst for positive change. Um, and it was it was super interesting to hear how this could work throughout a, a business, but how applicable that could be in a school setting as well. Well, thinking about the change mindset and the growth mindset, and I know Carol DeWick, we had um, that book a couple of years ago, but I 
reference it sometimes just even raising my own children because that growth mindset is so healthy in the idea of like you don't want just praise all the time Mm -hmm. and when you do struggle what's your response is your response I'm going to use this stress to grow or not so like you know your child is trying out for gymnastics and they don't make the team well, what's the conversation? Is it, oh, it doesn't matter anyway. Oh, you're just not good enough. Like, what's your conversation? Your conversation is, is this something you really want? Do you feel like you can practice more? What do we need to do to get you to achieve your goal? Not, oh, it doesn't matter anyway, and just be flippant about it, you know, or, oh, you bombed that test. Okay, so let's think about it. You know, did you learn the information the best way you could? Do you think maybe you could go to your teacher for extra help? But having the conversation that flips the idea of if you're unhappy with something, what can we do to achieve what you want? If that is truly something you're willing to dig in for or persevere through. And also, what is the real source of the negativity? Because a lot of times complaining and negativity is just a symptom of something else. So what's really going on and kind of figuring out in that sense like, you know, what, what's the real problem that's causing the negativity and causing the complaining? Is it that you don't feel comfortable in your classroom or comfortable with that teacher? Is it that, you know, maybe you are really, you, you, you're really struggling with your self-esteem and how much you know about that information as mm-hmm. a student going forward? Or as a teacher, maybe there's something else going on at home that you're bringing into your work life mm-hmm. that is affecting how you're interacting with your colleagues. And that negativity, it's not necessarily about work, but it's just coming out. It's a symptom that's coming out that way. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Well, mm-hmm. and how setting some of these positive habits, you know, I, they talked a long time ago about like 30 days to build a new habit and like mm-hmm. just forcing yourself to get through it. And then once you're through it and it becomes part of your routine and it's like, what can you do to change your habits, to change your mindset? Like, what are you willing to give? And it could just be a couple minutes of a day, you know, a quick journal or a quick little note to somebody you know, just that one thing, but it's that focus on what is my attitude at right now and how do I make it better? And we might find that it improves things at home and improves things at school. Mm-hmm. It improves things in like our social like interactions and that it's contagious. Like mm-hmm. that when we bring a positive attitude and we're seeking and like looking for positive things to happen, that other people will Kind of, you know, so like the negativity can be contagious, but also the positivity can too. Mm-hmm. I actually did. I don't know if you guys remember a few years ago, there was that thing going around on Facebook about um, 100 days of happiness mm-hmm. or 100 days of happy or something like that. And I, I never post on Facebook pretty much. And <laughs> that was actually, I actually did it for 100 days. Um, and the hardest part for me was getting the pictures, but that was that's a whole other story. But um, it, it was one of those where I then followed up with later, a, there's a journal that I have that has just an itty-bitty little space, and I would force myself each day to write down one positive things. And there were some days where it's like that little itty-bitty space was just way too small, and there was other days where I maybe filled up a little fraction of it, <laughs> but it, was, it made a difference because all day I'd be looking for what's that one thing I mean, I have to write it down tonight. I'm going to make myself do it. And what's that one thing that I can write down that made my day mm-hmm. and it, or made my day a little bit better? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I think having those tangible pieces, too. Like, I'm looking over at my bulletin board, and I see my, like, thank you note in German from my son for, like, Thanksgiving. <laughs> and it's one of those things, like, I have kept 
every single thank you note I think I've yes. ever received from anybody mm-hmm. about anything. And I have it like in these file folders. And it's like, if I'm having a crappy day, like I just go and I look at it. I'm like, at some point I made somebody's day better. And like, just how, like having even that like little trinket or that reminder or whatever, like mm-hmm. something tangible to look at can help adjust that mindset and like how, like we understand our impact on others that are like mm-hmm. around us. So. Well, I think too, uh, Rachel, you mentioned earlier about like thinking about it at home with your kids and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that idea. I always say that my kids will be great if they can use their powers for good instead of evil. <laughs> 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 because you know, they're, they're interesting. They're, they're uh, spirited children. Um, and, and just, you know, sometimes it's my mindset about how they're doing, you know, what they're, yes. how they're reacting, how they're behaving. You know, it's like, um, we were talking with my, about my daughter earlier, and she's very strong-willed. And but strong-willed in a girl sometimes comes off with a negative connotation. Um, but maybe she's um, she perseveres or persists at something, which is a positive quality as long as she's mm-hmm. per- persevering or persisting at something mm-hmm. that's positive. Right, and so, right. but sh- that's a shift in a mindset of, oh, this student. They're frustrating me, but mm-hmm. how can we use that power for good instead of frustration? Mm-hmm. Um, how can we look at it a little differently and help them realize that this is a good trait if they put it their energy to use in a slightly different way? Yes, and they're kind of a funny flip your brain. Um, oftentimes, because we are locked into 50-minute class periods or we are rushing to get places, I heard something on the radio where it said that impatience is selfish and so that helps me rethink things like why am I getting kind of impatient with this student for not understanding well it's because I'm tired of explaining so then maybe I need to explain a different way or maybe I need to have the student engage with it first so then he knows or she knows the questions to ask or if I'm rushing to get all the kids out of the house yes it's a selfish reason like I maybe woke up a little bit too late and I have to get somewhere and I I I um but recognizing, too, that sometimes when we step away from ourselves and we look at other people's perspective, that empathy piece is really where you find a lot of your happiness. Rachel, you might have just shifted how I communicate with my children <laughs> in the last week with that comment about impatience. That's really interesting. It is. But yeah. I, when I think about the moments when I feel that, that, I don't know, that energy, that anxious energy of impatience with my students... It's because I'm locked into that time period. And then if I stop and think like, so what if my schedule gets thrown off and we do this another day? I do need to rethink this. It'll be okay. You know? Yeah, it's true. So how do we approach then? Obviously, we're not saying that we're perfectly happy people all the time. We all have our moments. Um, And one of the things that I liked about listening to this no complaining rule, and I'm not done to be fair to all the people listening. I haven't quite finished yet, but... um, one of the things that I really liked is they talk about how to start spreading that and how to deal with complainers because we all deal with complainers, whether that be our students, our kids, our colleagues, you know, we run into complainers. And they said the easiest thing to do is to just ask them, well, what's something that's going well? And just leave it at that. And don't make a big fuss and encourage whatever it is and just kind of, and, and even if you ask that, instead of, you know how you normally do the daily exchange, hey, how's it going? And everyone says, fine, and leaving it at that. Mm -hmm. Instead, asking them, like, what's something that's going well with you? And kind of, like, encouraging and eliciting a response that's 
more unique and like changing their mindset, even if just for like 30 seconds to tell you something good or potentially shifting them for the next couple of hours, depending on what that thing is that they're sharing. It was super intriguing because mm-hmm. how many times do I say to everybody, how you doing? Mm-hmm. And like that doesn't really elicit or spread positivity, yet mm-hmm. it has the connotation of being friendly, you know, mm-hmm. kind of interesting. So. Well, and mm-hmm. how many times we ask the question and not even really listen for the answer? Mm-hmm. Right. We're like, oh, hey, how's it going? And you just keep walking and like, yeah. and it's like I'm doing really horrible. Like, my dog right. just died. Like, I want to know I kept walking. <laughs> yeah. You just I, left yeah. him in a puddle of unhappiness. Yeah, because I was impatient yeah. and I was selfish. selfish. <laughs> yeah. You know, but if, go ahead. If, yeah, but I was just thinking about that too. Like, sometimes when we ask people how they're doing, we want the pleasant. Mm-hmm. But what if in some of the, the parenting books talk about connecting in a conflict? So if it is something negative and they're coming from a negative place, maybe you're just creating a relationship there and you're connecting with that person. And then because of that, they can move towards happiness or then you can kind of flip it like, geez, rough day. <laughs> what is going mm-hmm. well? So that's actually really funny. Again, I'm going to go back to this book. I literally listen to it in the car every morning for the last couple of days now. Um, the girl in the story who, like, has this overhaul of complaining, she goes to see a doctor, and the nurse at the doctor's office starts off by saying, oh, honey, just complain to me about everything. Go for it. What's going, what's wrong? And the woman vents for, like, 30 (laughs) seconds, and then she's like, she's like, yeah, you feel better? And she's like, all right, you're done now. And just shuts it down. It's really interesting how they Uh start with that, like, release Mm -hmm. and then make a choice to turn it off Mm -hmm. well and that's that's huge though because i'm 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 a venter like that Mm -hmm. i don't need a solution Mm -hmm. i just need someone to listen to me and Mm -hmm. kind of going back to the walking past (laughs) someone in the hallway you know it's like how often do we walk past someone who just needs that 30 seconds for someone to listen to them so now they can let go and move on Mm -hmm. i mean it's just disconnecting in general Mm -hmm. i i found a huge change when I stopped checking my email or letting the notifications for my work email pop up at home mm-hmm. um, it, on my phone, you know, because we're so connected to those pieces, those devices and being able to disconnect from that, you know, whether it's through venting or shutting something off um, mm-hmm. that you know, I don't watch the news a lot or I pick and choose right. what I watch because right. of the negativity that comes with that so often. Well, I yes. think my husband helps out a lot with that at my house, too, because like he is on Facebook all the time and there's a lot of really negative stuff on Facebook. But, like, he watches the funny videos and reads the jokes and looks at the funny pictures, and he, like, brings me in for that. Like, he's like, I think you would enjoy this. Come and, come and share this with me, and we'll have a little giggle, and we'll, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those things where it's like, he doesn't dwell on that negative stuff, and I think he's really taught me to, like, focus on finding, like, the positive in the sea of, you know, everything that could be crazy, especially with social media the way it is and just bombarded with, like, like negative energy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's that idea, too, and, and sorry, I'm going back to child studies, but, um, you know, the idea as a teacher, you get all these essays turned in and you tend to focus on the, the group of students who hasn't turned it, who haven't turned it in. But where's the praise for all those students who have or like a student enters the room and maybe there's a sibling. We have um, twins in one of our periods. Like, how rude is that if one of them walks in and you're like, where's your brother? Almost like that student isn't worth the recognition of just being himself, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I think sometimes we do focus on the negativity, but or we focus on what's missing instead of recognizing all the things that are there for us, all the people who are there for us, and the people we're there for as well. 
it's kind of a good wrap up from Thanksgiving. Like, oh, you know, sure. I just got through that week of like focusing on all the things we're thankful for. Like, how do we make every day Thanksgiving in some mm-hmm. way? And like, even like, we might know in our head that we're thankful for somebody, but how many times we tell them that? Mm-hmm. In a non-awkward way. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> so would it be awkward to say I'm thankful for all you lovely ladies and getting a chance to talk to you guys? Not at all. And our listeners. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Well, we're so thankful that you guys are all here listening to us, and hopefully you'll get a chance to kind of reflect today on what it means to be happy. I know we definitely are leaving with multiple things in our head to kind of take forward. Um, Remember to tune in next time when we record our Real Messy podcast and make sure you check out our Real Messy website and leave us some suggestions and topics for future dates. Good to see you all.